Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Freedom, the word freedom is a popular word these days. It is a word that we will hear often this week because the American Independence Day is celebrated this week, July 4th. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. It is a word that we will hear often in the coming months as well as our political season is going into full motion. I don't know if our political season ever takes a break anymore, but our freedom hot button item when it comes to politics. Freedom may mean different things to different people. Freedom is defined in the dictionary as this, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one once without hindrance or restraint. And that definition is what is played out at every corner of our nation, the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And on January 6, 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt shared with America what has become known as the four freedoms. He believed that all people should enjoy freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. Some of those things have come to fruition in more ways than others. But freedom and America are practically synonymous. America is known as the land of the free. We have political freedom. We have a free society. We have economic freedom. We have, as a nation, we believe in free enterprise. We have intellectual freedom. We have a free press. Yet with all these freedoms, that we have, America is still in bondage, in bondage to sin. We have sex addicts, drug addicts, gambling addicts, alcohol addicts, porn addicts, and worst of all, we are a nation full of sin addicts. So in our second reading today comes from the book of Galatians, which has been called the Magna Carta of the Christian faith. One of the major themes of this entire book, this epistle, is the freedom and liberty that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as great as political and economic and intellectual freedom, no liberty like the liberty that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And when St. Paul writes about freedom, he defines it differently than we normally do in our popular culture. In fact, Paul points out that there is a paradox at the heart of the Christian faith that we are most free when we are tied to Christ and surrendered to this Holy Spirit. Being tied and surrendered to something or someone doesn't sound like the modern understanding of freedom. But that is exactly what St. Paul is saying. True freedom comes from from being harnessed to Christ Jesus. When we deny ourselves and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, Listen once again to the words of St. Paul's uh, letter to the Galatians, this time from Eugene Peterson's The Message Paraphrase. I think he captures the thought really well here. This is the first part of our second reading. He writes, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. 
Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness, for there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. So escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence. That's how Paul defines freedom. Christ Jesus has come to set us free. And if it's so often in our Christian life, we struggle with our freedom in Christ Jesus and we distort our freedom, often turning our freedom into one of two things, either license or into legalism. Some of us may use our freedom in Christ Jesus as a sort of license, actually using our freedoms to do what is contrary to the spirit of God. St. Paul gives a long list of things that are contrary to the spirit. He calls them fleshly works. We have freedom to love, but not a license for fornication. We have freedom to worship, but not a license for idolatry. We have freedom to discuss, but not a license for quarrels. We have freedom to disagree, but not a license for dissension. We have freedom to thrive, but not a license for envy. Despite the long list of fleshly works versus the, the spiritual fruit that Paul talks about, he takes care to preface these classifications with a single reminder. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, some of us struggle a different way with our freedom in Christ Jesus. We may not struggle with a license to sin, but we struggle with putting walls around our freedom, placing boundaries, laws around what may be done, what may not be done, judging each other for not doing things a certain way, and this is usually called legalism, only worshiping in a certain way, only praying in a certain way, only talking a certain way, only looking a certain way, only doing certain things. This is not doing, is this not doing what St. Paul said in the first verse of our reading where he wrote, for freedom Christ has set us free, Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Both legalism and license are distortions of our freedom in Christ Jesus. Both legalism and license are the opposite of loving our neighbor. Both legalism and license are giving sin the power over our lives. There's a, uh, another place where this is pointed out, and that's in our catechism. Um, listen to the way our catechism describes sin and its power. It's on pages 848 and 849 in the Book of Common Prayer. You can turn there if you want, um, or you can look at it later, page 848. But our catechism is set up where it gives questions and then it gives answers, like most catechisms are. And so the first question under this heading of what is, it says, what is sin? And the answer is this, 
Sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God, thus distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. So sin is seeking our own will through legalism or license instead of the will of God. Sin is doing what we want to do. Sin at its core is pride and selfishness. The next question in the catechism is this, how does sin have power over us? The answer, sin has power over us because we lose our liberty when our relationship with God is distorted. In other words, we lose our liberty when we always do what we want to do. The distortion of our relationship with God comes with others or so forth, or about license, when we, we can do whatever we want. Both legalism and license have power at the core. And according to our catechism, we lose our liberty when we seek our own will. It's very different than the message our culture portrays. You see, legalism is when you have to do what you think God tells you to do because you fear him. And license is when you do whatever you want to do because you do not fear him. But liberty is when you get to do what God wants you to do because you love him. Jesus is the ultimate example of living in freedom. He resisted legalism and rebuked those who promoted it. But Jesus also did not sin and said to others that were in sin, go and sin no more. But Jesus is more than just a good example of a person living in true, perfect freedom. This is what St. Paul means when he wrote, for freedom... Christ has set us free. If we are slaves to sin, we must be redeemed. There must be an exchange. And this is what redemption is for, to set us free. One more time back to our catechism. The third question in there asks this, what is redemption? The answer, redemption is the act of God which sets us free from the power of evil, sin, and death. Well, how did God do that? He sent his son, his only begotten son, into the world, born as a baby, grew up in a small village, became a teacher and a prophet, but was without sin. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he died for our sin. And he died on the cross. There's the exchange. And because one, di one died who knew no sin, that broke the curse of sin. And he rose again in three days and he ascended to the Father in heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love and growing the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who call him Lord and Savior so that we can truly love our neighbors with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. And that is freedom not to serve ourselves, but to serve others through the power of the Holy Spirit. May we resist the temptation to turn our freedom into a license to do whatever we want to do. May we resist the temptation to turn our freedom into legalistic boundaries. But may we yield to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. May we follow the guiding of the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul wrote in the final verse of our second reading, if we live by the Spirit, 
If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. May it be so. Guide us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Because if it's freedom, true freedom that we want, it starts at the cross of Christ. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.